So a little forward before we start the episode today, there will be some uh, Singlish, Chinese, Hokkien, a mixture of all of them uh, in this episode. So if you uh, are allergic to them, I would suggest uh, not to listen to it. Or And if you don't understand them, I'll suggest to make some uh, Singaporeans friends and maybe ask them about the episode. Just some quick housekeeping over here. I'll be bringing some sponsors on board for Misfits very soon. Um, they will usually be at the start of the episode. So if you guys don't really enjoy or you guys heard of this before, you can just fast forward it. It'll be at the start and the end. And just like to ensure that every one of you guys who are listening that all the sponsors are products or services that can stand behind and I've tried. So if you guys have any uh, qualms or problems with any of these products or services, please, please, please bring it out. Uh, just uh, shoot an email to me and uh, I'll be notified. This podcast is brought to you by Altizen. If you don't know already, research is concluding that sitting all day is terrible for you. There's this new health phrase going on. It's called sitting is the new smoking. So if you're like me, I went to Ikea and tried one of those self-cranking desks and uh, I can just foresee that it's such a pain. So with Altizen, it has actually a motorized system in it that you put on your tabletop and transform your table into a standing desk. So and what's cool is that it's also intelligent. It tracks and actually coaches you to develop these new habits with a sense and the smartphone apps. Model starts at 1350 So check it out at altizen.com to see which might be the right fit for you. And if you decide to get one, you can code MISFITS to get a $400 off Altizen immediately. Uh, offer is limited to the first 10 customers. So just shoot them an email and code MISFITS. Hey podcast listeners, welcome to episode 18 of Misfits. This is where I speak to the rebels, the outliers and the unconventionals in Singapore. Try to see things as how they see it and to learn from them. So some of these individuals include Danny Wong, who started a million dollar cupcake empire. Adrian Tan, who is the author of the Teenage Textbook and Teenage Workbook. Adrian Pang and a whole lot more. So today on the show, we have Gina Tao. She's the founder and owner of Happy Rollies. So since 2015, Happy Rollies has grown from a humble store at the Geylang Sarai Bazaar to now having 20 ice cream carts and two minivans. Wow. So in this episode, uh, we're going to talk about how did Gina actually earn 10k a month by trading luxury handbags? Uh, Gina's experience of being bullied in school. How did Gina start this amazingly successful ice cream cart business? Yes, and since then, Gina Tao has developed other food items such as churros, watermelon volcano, uh, toasted s'mores, and cheese chicken cubes. So if you're heading down to Geylang Sarai Bazaar this year, keep a lookout for her store or stores. Uh, she said uh, she's going to cook out some excitement for all of us. So um, without further ado, let's get into this episode. It's a black BMW with your own money and then sold it in two months. Yeah. So can you tell me the story uh, of the, the BMW story? And when was that? Mm, just like last year, October. Is it October? Yeah, October. I sold the BMW away. Hello? My father um, encouraged me to buy. Yeah. He wants me to learn something there. So it's like, he just told me that um, I'm young. I should go and do whatever I want. And I was just contemplating, should I buy, should I not buy? So he said, you should buy. He didn't, he, the you should buy wasn't a very good you should buy, you know, like, like, oh, you now have money, buy, 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 that kind of thing. It's a very firm and like a stern, buy, should buy, something like that. Then, um, I didn't think so much into his words at the point of time. So after I bought, and then I experienced uh, driving a luxury car at a young age. How old were you then? 21? 21. So, somehow I bought it using my own hard money. So, um, 
when, while I was driving the car, actually I felt that I changed more because um, it made me become a little bit more materialistic. Like, because, just because I have a luxury car, I must dress up nicely every day just to match so-called the status of the car. That's how, that's how, that was how I was thinking back then. And then, um, you, I would feel like as if, as if like I have accomplished a lot of things and I felt that as if I am, I'm better than a lot of people. So it, it became a very, um, not a very good part of me, side of me. After which, when I realized that, um, after a while, it was after, it's within that two months, where I realized that actually, all oh, this is just a, it's just super, just for show, superficial. Even if I have a car, doesn't mean I have good relationships with people. Even if I have a very nice car, very nice, um, very, very high standard of living or very good food to eat every day, doesn't mean I am a good person. Like the principles, everything inside is different than what you have on the outside. So, I felt that after I bought the car, I wasn't so rooted anymore. Grounded, as in, I forget my roots. And I... Were there any events that reminded you of mm. that? It's more like um, people around me, uh, they are happy for me. They are definitely happy for me. And it's just like me, myself, while I was driving the car, I look at other people out there. I look at someone else who is having the same thing as me. I look at them, talk to them, and, and I felt that they're not really that happy, even though they have almost everything. Like materials, they have everything they want, and, and everything they want. Uh. So, I felt that at the point of time, though I was young, I think it's not the right time for me to own these things yet. I felt that I must continue to strive harder, and build on my, build my grounds first. Like even more firm grounds. So that if one day I really have, I really have even more opportunity to own such stuff in the future, I can actually appreciate them with or without them. I can live even without a BMW, and I'm happy. Mm. Tell me the day when you actually decide that you don't want the BMW anymore. It was a very sad day, though. <laughs> As in, I was selling the car at a second-hand dealer. So they they. So how do you decide? Was, uh, it was, was it the night before? Or? No, it was a uh, one week, one week within one week. So after that, I was talking to my my boyfriend about it. Was that something important that happened that one week that make you? Let me recall. Um, I don't know. I just felt, I just felt that I was even unhappier, even though I bought something that I always wanted to achieve. It's one of my goals since young. I want to buy a BMW before 21 years old. And then I did it. So it was only a very short-lived moment of happiness. Like, yay, I finally achieved my goal. But then it wasn't a... It's a material goal. It's not a... It's not a... Like a... How to say... It's not a very meaningful goal. Like, if I compare myself, my goal is to help people and save people's life. If I achieve that, compared to I achieve one... 21, 21, 21 years old get a BMW. The other one is actually more meaningful. So that meaningfulness is only a very short-lived one. So I got, I got like, like a slap to myself. There was just one day that I suddenly wake up and I felt, I felt that it wasn't, this isn't the life that I really want to bust in something that I am not. And to, how to say, it's not the real me not the real thing I'm looking forward to yet. I can have this when I'm 30, 40, or even more in the future, but right now it's time for me to build on my principles, my grounds, and be who I really am first. Mm. So, I felt that during that point of time, I wasn't happy at all. Mm. There's a transition. I, I, know that, I know that I wasn't happy. I know that all these things cannot make me even happier. So... I decided to sell me. And I was sad the moment I saw it. So what happened on that day? You went to the dealership, the same place where you bought the car. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a different It's a different person. Oh, different person. So they offered me a price and then I, was, I sat down there at the office. So they opened a check for me and then I took the check. 
and I walked out of the... Do you negotiate? You just say yes? Yeah, before that, I just say yes. Before that, I was very sad. Before I before they passed me the money, I was like, am I really going to sell this away? I mean, is it is it the right decision? I made a loss of, I think, 7 to 10k. Wow. Just by selling within two months. Just by selling because within two months. Because the second hand... When I bought it, right, the second hand dealer, they were actually lower down the price and buy it over from you so that they can sell again. So I made a loss 7 to 10k over there. So it was a very um, different different type of feeling because it, it felt like as if I made a lot of wrong choice in my life. And I don't know whether that choice is the right one. Then after that, when they passed in the money and then I walked out of the shop, after 10 to 15 minutes, I felt like, yay, I got rid of a very big problem. <laughs> I don't know, I just had that feeling like, it was a, it was like a rock. The car is like a rock because I know that's, that wasn't what I really wanted and that doesn't make me happy. So when I went out and then I was like, I don't have a car anymore. I felt more relieved. Like one burden gone like that. I don't have to maintain the car anymore. I'm going to take public transport that day. Felt more grounded. Uh, you, more so rooted. you took public transport? That day, yes. I walked from the dealer shop to Lavender MRT. Yeah. Just like that. And I felt so much happier just by walking. Yeah, yeah I'm curious to know, like, why, you know, why would, did you have that goal of having a BMW in the first place? I mean, knowing that, I mean, that maybe it's actually not something that you might like. Since, um, I think it's more of a reality thing. Or maybe, how to say, when I was young, running for sales in Prudential, that was, that was about 18, 19, I see everyone around me chasing for things that they want. So it's always the same few things. Many people are chasing for the same common thing. Like maybe a branded watch, car, status, the higher productions, um, accomplishment. So last time in Prudential, they have like awards. So if you have top sales or whatever, you have this prestigious rookie award, top rookie award, top MDRT management dollar round, million dollar round table, the kind of award, you know. So people are actually, everyone around me, it's like I'm hanging out with people around me that wants to um, achieve such things. So when they see someone buy a BMW, they will, they'll be like, wow, you're so good. My little BMW, then you're a wonderful award. People will naturally think that they are doing very well and uh, they are actually up there already, like, up there lor. So, um, it actually wired my mind when I was working there for a period of time that those things are essential to, like, I need to, I, I need to, to have all these things to be recognized by people. I need to have a car, I need to have a branded watch, I need to be fully body, my body must be all fully branded and then I have, I must be smiling and being happy and everyone around me must be like liking me to be recognized in society. So in the end, um, that few years when I was inside, I actually met a lot of these type of people, which I feel, actually I failed to see at the point of time, whether is it the truth. Like um, whatever they have, is everyone will show the best to everyone. So whether if they buy a BMW, are they actually rich and they buy them BMW or actually they are paying debts at the back or they are actually broke but then they just try to make it seem like they are doing very well just to put out a show in front of for people. Lah. So I didn't really look deep into that and I realised after a while, which is after I bought my own BMW, that there's a two side to everything. So when I was actually buying, and when I was actually working there, um... It made me wire myself because I was very young, easily influenced, not mm. my experience or so. So made me feel that this type of things is necessary to be like a survival thing in Singapore. Mm. If you are... The 5C. Correct. So if you have all of those, right, you'll be recognized by people. People will respect you more. Seems like It seems like you have more power over people. That kind of thing, you know. And then, um, yeah, so after that, I started having my own goals like, okay, number one, I want to own my own nursing home before I die. That, that is a realistic goal because that yeah, is yeah. my goal since young. That was okay. That was since in, up till now. So Number two, BMW before I'm 21. Number three, uh, my own condo before 25. Number four, uh, what, a Rolex watch uh, by the end of this year. Number five, blah, 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 blah. So I set those type of goals for myself. I know I can hit it if I work hard. 
Those, those are the goals that I know I can hit. But then, um, you know, that's how the all those goals came about. And people around you are hitting those goals. Yes. And makes it looks like it's, it's, it's realistic and it's correct. Yeah. Not only that, um, it makes me feel like it's essential. So like mm. you need to have these kind of things to be able to hang out with the, those type of people. You know, you know, I wonder if right now you're still inside uh, insurance and you're driving that BMW, would you have sell it? Mm, let me think. If I'm still in insurance and I'm driving that BMW, I don't think I would sell it. Why do you not Because think? in that industry, it's important for your first impression and your image. So example, um, one day, if I'm, I'm my own, if I'm a client, okay, mm. I want to buy insurance from... I have a choice. Uh, insurance guy A, insurance guy B. One drives a BMW, had hit a lot of rookie awards, and uh, look very dressed, very smart, and a lot of branded all over the body. And another one who is more down to earth, like drive a normal Toyota and wear like dress up normally. All mm. people naturally will go for the the one driving a BMW because it's like a business thing. Um, if if they can afford to buy such thing, means they can afford to do my business. The kind of thing they won't be scared of my loss or whatever. It's like um, how to say there was th- there was this book that I read about, um, yeah, something like that Like I'll I'll choose the one who is more dressed up nicely and more more branded and more BMW ish. Right, so it's right, like right, a right. it's like a wired thing in sales line. Mm. So um. Definitely, I will have to keep the BMW and I have to gong until even I have to die, I still have to gong. Oh Something like that. Uh. Mm. Yeah, that would be terrible. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to yell. So, maybe let's go back to the, to the... I mean, we'll talk all about how you get there to the BMW. Let's go back to the beginning a little bit. Um, how would you... I mean, paint, paint us a picture where uh, little Gina is uh, growing up mm-hmm. when she's young. Younger, mm-hmm. <laughs> young I mean, like, Younger? Yeah, like, like you know, how, how was your family like? Uh, paint us a little picture. My there. family was kind of well-to-do in my younger days, like maybe four or five years old. I was sent to private nursing, a private nursery and my father sold away his house and we bought a condo. So after he sold his HDB, he bought a condo. He made money from the property still. So um, he, had a, he, had quite, he had quite a lot of money to spare at the point of time. So they took up a habit of gambling. So I grew up with um, gambling habits in my home. Like every weekend, we would go to casinos. Ships. Yeah. Ships. Oh, like... Mm. Oh, ships? Yeah. Every weekend, literally... Oh, not even K- KL, no, not, no, not, no, not those. Literally every weekend. So it's like... Um, every weekend, I'm traveling. <laughs> so it's like a star cruise, but yeah. a gambling... Yeah, correct. So... Even when we have schools and we don't have schools holiday, we are always weekend. We might always always be there. So, um, you know, that's how uh, my life is when I was younger. So, uh, I, and I got re- bullied very badly in school. So it's like this is primary school, or are we ki- talking school, about kindergarten? Primary school, primary school still. Okay, uh, and this and just to you know, uh, your is mainly that side or both? Both okay. Yeah, both. <laughs> So, uh, and are they, are they actually winning? Are they like professional gamblers? No. Oh. <laughs> they are normal gamblers. Right, because I do have friends who are professional poker mm, players that mm. actually makes a living out of playing poker. No, no, no. <laughs> they just, they're just there like... And they, would they be... Are they sad? You know, when they, when they lose money? Or... It's, I think it's a gambling thing, you know. If you lose more, you want to win more. Okay. You want to win it back. So they keep right. going, oh. So the more they lose, the more they want to win it back. Okay. It's like a psychological thing, reverse thing. But they never really win no. it back. Like. No. So, yeah. <laughs> That's quite funny. So I just grew up. You just go together with them. Yeah. Mm. So at a point of time... Uh, Primary school. We don't, Me and my family don't have much bonding time also because they're always playing games. Yeah, where were you? Are you just at the I playground? I was just at the playground. No? Yeah, you're oh, okay. right. Playing the arcade over there with my, my siblings. Mm. So, don't have much bonding time though. So... I was having difficulties in school because I was bullied by all my friends there. That that is which uh, primary school did you? Uh, Chongfu Primary School. Chongfu, okay. It's a prestigious school. It's, it's, okay, mm. I don't know about Chongfu. Yeah, uh, it's a Chinese school. Okay, like Nanyang that kind of school, you know, it's together one. Yeah. So, uh, then I was bullied very badly, not just by my classmates, it's literally by the whole level. Because why? Why did they do that? Uh, because I was big sized. 
Okay. And then I had uh, early puberty compared to them. Right. That means when I was primary four, I was really very well developed, really. Yeah. Primary four or primary five. And they were all still small, small. Yeah. And then I was uh, really like the odd one out over there. And okay, then, but primary one to three, you're okay. Primary one to four is okay. After the is when the puberty Correct. sets Correct. then. So people start to look at me differently. I was a little bit more plump, so and mm. my uniform was so tight. And uh I was changing also, like my own character is also changing. Mm. No longer those like young young, like very wow, like carefree, like playful type really. It's more like a bit more serious type of girl at that point of time. And I was developing and um and then I was bullied in school and how were you being bullied? Is it a vocal uh, or is it more actually yeah, yeah, physical? This, this I think called anti Gina. So they have they would draw around their books like three lines, red, green and blue. So that that symbol is actually anti Gina symbol. And then they have this hand signal like that, anti Gina. So no one can touch me. You touch me, they have this virus that they oh, will spread wow. around. So they draw it around their books, the, the tables, or they... Was it really hard psychologically yeah. to deal with that? And my own table, they are always separated. And no one wants to group with me during group projects. And I remember there was one time we were doing art and craft. We have to do a dream catcher with feathers. Mm. So there are many, many colours feathers that the teacher provide us. So everyone actually put green, red and blue and hang it around the... <laughs> the class so I was like what <laughs> at a point of time everyone did, did the same thing and did, did the teacher notice and no that's the thing they don't because oh. people are preparing for uh, PSLE mm. so teachers just they don't really see it uh, so uh, and I was very quiet I don't I don't want to make things big so I just live my life every day getting, getting bullied in school and then going home and pop onto the bed with the pillow and cry them loud then continue doing my homework and go for tuition yeah, so at that point of time um, in primary school, it was very weird because it wasn't just my classmate. It kind of spread and everyone liked it. Like the anti-Gina game, you know, everyone liked to feel that they are superior and bully people. So from one class, right, because they have friends from other classes, it spread to other classes and spread to the whole level and eventually during P6, right, it became the whole school. Including my bus, like, you know, the go-home bus, they would send us to and fro from bus. Then my, my juniors in bus started throwing my bags around, throwing my comic books around, the bus, you know, that kind of thing. So it, it lasted throughout all the way till P6. Until one day, and then when I get home, I can't tell my parents about it because they're worried about their own stuff and their gambling habits and all. So I did have friends also because uh, it's hard to have friends because everyone just bully you. You can't even talk to anyone. There are one, one or two classmates that helps me secretly because they don't want to be looked as if they are the odd one out also. Yeah. So they just like, um, in school they just act like they don't know me. But at the back I call them, they will help me lah. But in front of people, they will just pretend they don't know me, the kind of friends. So, um, when I went back, I think it's about P6, and there was one day, uh, uh, there was this senior of mine, not, not P6, P5, there was this senior of mine in the bus I was actually op- I went I opened up the window in the bus to look outside. Then my hand was there holding my hand was over at the railing. Then he shut the door just like that. And then my whole hand was bruised and bleeding. Then I complained to my mum. Then my mum didn't take notice so then she just feel that I see your hair that kind of thing, you know. Until P six there one there was one there is one day that I cannot take care anymore. I just tell my mum everything. Then my mum didn't know about all this and she cried and she said, How come you never tell me all this? Then she went to talk to the principal, the discipline master, blah, blah. Mm. Then that's when they started to investigate all this. But it's pointless really. It's already end of... Everyone finished PSLE already. Then oh. no one... There's no point in uh, investigating also. Yeah. Then I feel uh, Because my classmates are very... Um, the discipline master like my classmates because they are all prefects. Mm-hmm. So the discipline master is in charge of the prefects. Yeah. So they are quan si and how the... So when I know this type of thing happened, right, he also boka like, don't, don't care. Right? Mm. So just say, I'm going to say sorry to Gina. Yeah. Yeah, there was one, there's one day that after, it's during school holidays already, we know we will, meet, we will never see each other again. Everyone at the same time call my phone using their house number. One by one call. Like as if they're together, then they one by one call like that. Wow. And because Gina, sorry, they hang. Hello, Gina, I'm sorry. Hello, Gina, I'm sorry. That must really be, you know, 
really you know, affected you in some way. It affected me so big until. Did, although, but, like after you moved school, mm. did that help to secondary school? Uh, secondary school, I became a totally different person. I became the big bully. <laughs> Yeah, and then my size was still growing. I was getting bigger and bigger because right, 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 it's right. puberty. Then, uh, when I f- first day of my secondary school, I realized that many people are scared of me. I don't know why. <laughs> then <laughs> she's growing into that role. <laughs> yeah. Then after that, um, first day of school, I've already created trouble already. I went to fight with someone, uh, at sec four. Yeah. Yeah, like I told myself, I will never ever get bullied again. The yeah. kind of thinking when I went to secondary school. Mm. So in the end, I became a tatita in school. Mm. So there are people come and like, I what, 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 the kind of thing. Then I started to have a few Abing and Alin friends outside. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, then I hang out with the wrong people also in school. Another Alin friend mm. taught me how to smoke. Bad influence. Ah. Yeah. So sec 1, sec 2, I actually ran away from home many times. And I had a boyfriend outside. Because I yeah. felt that Pointless to... I, I felt that I don't have family love at the point of time. Mm-hmm. I couldn't talk to my family. After what happened, and then I felt that friends are useless as well. They're not there. So I went out to look for boyfriend, girlfriend. At the time, it was very happening. Everyone is having boyfriend and girlfriends. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. So, uh, just happened... That's nice. My boyfriend is like, those are Chao Abing. So everyone is scared of me because of him also. Then, um, I did have friends again. Because I was so... I mean, yes and no, right? I mean, you didn't have friends in school, uh, but outside, you did make a bunch of... Yeah, yeah, correct. But they weren't really, like, real friends. Right, right, right. So, after that, uh, I became the big bully. I bully people in school. Everyone hates me. Everyone's scared of me. And How did did you lose, uh, uh, you know, from then to to lose 25kg altogether? Uh, When I was sec 2, going to sec 3... I actually failed all my subjects on purpose. So I I was I had like F9 for everything. So it was a very important period because SEC 2 to SEC 3, there's a promotion. I was at SEC 2 Express. Mm. To promote to SEC 3 Express, you need to have a certain result. And then I failed everything. I don't even get, give a damn about my results back then. Then there was this counsellor I was with for four years. So she actually, to all the teachers and all, then they promoted me to SEC 3 Express without retaining Mm. So even though I had shitty results, but I still promoted to Sec 3 and Express also. So uh, there was this period of time I was at home. I was I was always fighting at home with my friend, with my parents. Yeah. And then my parents, they are not... I mean, everyone have different parents. Right? My parents, the way they teach is more violent. Okay. I get worked up at home. Oh. Like in one corner. Right. The, ca- the cane or, or the bell? Uh, Feast. The <laughs> yeah, both of them. Oh. So I was at, I was, I think because they don't know what to do with me anymore. Right. And they are out of their wits. I mean, they, they don't know what to do with me and they cannot yeah. see me going on like that. So, so literally, you. yeah, I got worked up at home. Can uh, can you say like I, almost I can every day? Imagine someone, yeah, I mean, I, well, I can imagine slap, but but punching. I'm used to it really, actually. Oh, that's crazy. Because Caning and wrecking and using belt or whatever doesn't work on me anymore. Oh, okay. So yeah. they did try that. <laughs> yeah, they did. And then nothing worked. And okay. then they, they mm. just keep punching and slapping me and wrecking me, mm. kicking me all, and doesn't work still. Yeah. The more they kick me, the more vulgarity I shot at them. <laughs> so, um, there was one day, uh, I actually, I, I, I know that I was actually having depression. Okay. At that point of time. But it was, I don't know how to manage it because mm. it was so new to me and the counsellor also don't know how to manage because she has so many students. So, I think sec 3, beginning of sec 3, I was actually out at the window wanting to jump down. And I, I don't even give a damn about anything really. Then my mom came in. Then, uh, she was so upset. Before that, before that, the reason why I want to jump down because I, they told me they want to send me to girls home. They don't want to take care of me anymore. They told me that lah. So, I was like, okay lah. For, for what I stay here, then I wanted to jump out. Then my mom came in and she wanted to jump out instead. Very drama lah, but it happened. Yeah, I, I was I was shocked. Then at a point of time, I told myself that I don't want my mom to die. Definitely, even though they, no matter how they treat me, I don't want anything to happen yeah. to them. Yeah. So that actually changed my life a lot. That's a turning point. Yeah. When I saw my mom actually going out and wanting to jump out, and she she's the one going crazy, not me anymore. Oh my God. <laughs> then um, I told myself it's time to change. 
Yeah. So number one, I changed my outlook first because I mm. felt that my outlook was very important since young mm. because of how I look. Um, how this. What how was p- the trending diet then? Um, trending diet. You want to know? It's that, uh, not eating anything. Eat air. Eat grass. Not, not, not just not eating anything. Vomit whatever you eat. Oh yeah, my God. correct. Okay. So, uh, it was very unhealthy. It's very unhealthy back then, and then, uh, we just, I just tried everything. Right. And Healthy, it and it worked. Anything. So like literally vomiting, blah blah. All I tried. Yeah. And then I realized that I did it for about two months, and then I felt that there was a change in my body. Right. How much do you lose in two months? Don't have, I didn't lose anything. Oh, okay. But there was a change in your body. There was a change, as in my my diet became very bad. Oh. I I didn't eat anything yet. I keep gaining weight. Oh, okay. Because it was an unhealthy way of changing, uh, losing yeah. weight. So, so it's I, a backfire. And then at a point of time, I was in softball, yeah. Singapore team. Yeah. So I was playing softball, uh, fighting for Singapore team and all. So I gained a lot of muscle weight mm. instead of losing fats. And then I didn't eat. So, so my body actually stored all the... Didn't eat and I vomit or everything. So I my body stored more fats and all the gains. Mm-hmm. Mm. After that, I told myself I cannot continue like that. So, so I tried another method, go swimming. All right. And it worked. Ah, okay. It worked because the first time I went swimming, I lost one kg. Then I, I thought, wow, so much you yong ah. Then I thought, continue. I continue. I th- then my friend told me it's actually water weight at the back. Right, right. But then it helped. It helped. I swam. But then what's the diet then? Did you? Uh, I didn't eat dinner. I eat oh. anything I want, but not dinner. Okay. okay. So it helped a lot. So at the point of time, I think it's a woman's thing. Right. When you are in the transition, sixteen to eighteen to twenty, your body will naturally lose weight also to become more figurely also oh, okay. so at the point of time I lost weight mm-hmm. I think to about one and a half to two years wow about 25 kilos it's a lot right yeah it's a lot and I just kept losing oh. until sec 4 I was about 65 really. how many times were you swimming um I can't really remember but very frequently and one session is about three hours three hours how many yes. laps do you do in one I session do, I do it very slowly because my friend told me uh, one, of, one of my friends told me that the the more vigorous you swim, like, the more muscles you will gain also. Okay. So he told me to swim slowly against the water current. Yeah. They actually help you to become very tired and yeah. lose more fats. Okay. So um, I didn't try running because my legs were already huge. The right. more I run, the more muscle there will be there. Yeah. So I lost my... I lost weight from the top to the bottom. Yeah. Hello? Wow, 25 kilo in, in, in yeah. by, by and swimming and skipping dinner. I started to study again. Mm. Then from F9, I became a C5 before within half a month. How, uh, how did you graduate? Uh, uh, 20. O-levels, 20 points. Mm. Yeah, and I chose nursing back then. So and you specifically chose nursing? Before even I started my O-level, I told the teachers, I want to go nursing. Right. I don't know why. First, I remember when I was young, I got fits. Fits? Yeah, What's childhood that? fits. Like okay. a seizure thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always go to KK Hospital and oh. always stay down there. And then I always steal the nurse's pen, black pens. Black pens is very important to nurses to document things. Mm. But I always go around the hospital, the ward and steal all their pens when I was very young. So suddenly, suddenly just thought of being a nurse. Yeah, I felt like applied for nursing school. But you got the results and mm. then you got into to nursing. nursing. I'm happy that I can even get a 20. I, I, I don't like studying at the point of time. I just study for the sake of it. Was poly better for you? Was uh, NYP? Poly is very happening. Oh, very happening as well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's very happening in a both good and bad way. I got a lot of attention in poly mm. because of, after I lost a lot of weight, um, I don't know, is it NYP they have, they have trouble or what? <laughs> then I first first day I went to school, then all the seniors start hitting on me already. Right. In nursing school. And then, uh, I joined clubs and then I, after that I think the first year I already got pushed to go for some pageant contest and I won the pageant contest and everyone know about my story of t- losing change, yeah. yeah everyone know about my my story of losing weight and it spread around in school mm. and people start using me as case study in their school projects and they presented and all then there was this major pageant which is a Mr. and Miss NYP mm-hmm. yeah then uh, I got into top 5 or so so a lot of unnecessary attention that like, literally everyone knows who I am mm. but I don't know any one of them mm-hmm. but I always go to school with Chou Yen so people will just look and then they bitch about me all this then I was in this club called SHS Club School of Health Science Club mm-hmm. and then there was they were put our photos in the signboard in school so um, 
there was once I walked past and then there were people standing right in front talking about me. <laughs> and they don't even know that I'm there. Right. Then they'll be like, wow, I don't know who's this. This is some um, class. <laughs> เมย์เมย์ออเดอร์เมย์ออเดอร์ก็สิสิสิพี่ฮัมเมย์เดอะสิสิสิพี่ฮัมเมย์เดอะสิสิสิพี่ฮัมเมย์เดอะสิสิส
take over you. What do you mean? I was under a lady a lady agent. Like a manager. She's an agent only. Okay. So I was her personal assistant. I was running sales for her. Yeah. The director wants to take over me. He wants to train me and groom me. Yeah. But without her but without her life. And then without her permission and with her permission. Oh with her permission. And then they had a they had a quarrel over there. Because the the director wanted to give me I don't know how much every month and he wants me he wants to send me send me to studies. Right. And then uh, he pays me every month to work part time for him, and uh, want me to after twenty one so I contract with him. Mm. And then the lady wasn't happy, so they have this conflict with them, and I don't like it. So I told them that I work for none of you. <laughs> you left to to con- I mean, back then when you left, it was also a big decision. But at least mm. you have at least some uh, money on us. I mean, you started happy specs. Happy specs haven't yet. Oh, start yet. oh, not yet. So after yeah. you only got out, I got out of Prudential. Yeah, and then I actually um have this period of time where I don't know what to do. Yeah, so I went to do zakong law, work in cafe, mm. work for a promoter, blah, blah blah, for about two three months. Then I applied for Singapore Airlines, and I got through <laughs> for the first time. First time interview, and I got through for Singapore Airlines, and then they wanted to sign contract with me, and then I didn't go. Just that, that day when they called me and tell me that I got through. They asked me to go down to their HQ again. Mm. So Singapore Airlines, they have seven rounds of interviews. Yeah. So I got past everything. Then I, I met a lot of people there also. And some of them didn't get through, some of them got through. So we were updating each other whether who get through, who didn't get through. So I got through and mm. then at the, the day itself, right, it was, I don't know why, something stopped me from going. Mm. Like I just didn't feel right to go down to the HQ again to sign papers. Yeah. So in the end, I didn't. And was that, did that compel you to start Happy Bags? Is, is Not that, yet. Until uh, you went back to more Zakong. Correct. Okay. Until, uh, until one day, my boyfriend at the time, yeah. my, he's with me for four years. Mm-hmm. He told me that he saw a potential in me um, buying and selling bags. Because I started the Happy Bag business with $400. Yeah. I bought a Chanel bag with $400. So what happened was... um. I used the four hundred dollars to buy an LP bag. Then after that, I use it for one month. I didn't like it. I clean it. I wash it. I sell it at seven hundred. And then seven hundred, I bought another Miu Miu bag. I use it for another one month. Then I don't like it again. Then I wash it and sell it for one thousand. Then I bought another Prada bag for one thousand dollars. Then I use it for six months. Last time, my last time, and I didn't like it. I sell it at one point five k. And then one point five k, I top up about another three four hundred. I bought another Chanel bag. So my boyfriend was like. Actually, you have potential in doing this. Why not you get a lump sum of money and buy and sell at one go? Yeah. Mm. Then at the point of time, I told him I don't know how to do it. So he actually helped me to find... He passed me 6K. He gave me 6K and tell me to go and try doing it. So 6K, I just go and find a lot of bags. I bought over. I bought about 5 bags. 5 to 6 bags. The first time. And then I wash and make it clean and make it look nice. Tell me about this washing and cleaning thing. Okay, because uh, yeah. every leather, every material, like nylon, synthetic leather, uh, usually brand bags, they use real leather. Lamb skin, deer skin, ostrich, uh, ostrich skin, croc skin, and uh, calf skin. Mm. There are many different types of skin. So, even the colour also, how you're going to treat it, maintain it, and moisturise it, and make it not crack. And which, which, brand, which brand bags actually last longer which one doesn't last long and how to maintain it, how to keep the shape and everything. All this I I know because I'm always interested in all, all these things. Yeah. So so I just bought in all the bags and I start treating it nicely and clean it. Mm. Like some got fungus, some got mold. I buy it at a very low price and then I wash it and I sell it at a high price. So the first month, I just keep doing that. And I... 6K, I generated 6K out. So in the end, I have 12K with me. In the, con- first mm, in the first month. In the first month. Then I continue doing that. Tell me that. about the, what, what do you use to find these bags and what do you use to sell it? Um, usually, the first time when I bought it, right, I source from uh, a lot of people, a lot of people from my company. They, mm. se- they are selling their bags ah, okay. from Potential. There are many people who carry bags, right? So I just went around asking, I want to sell me, want to sell me. Then I got a few bags ready. And Carousel, Instagram, Gumtree. Oh, they were there already? Yeah, there are many bags over there for sale. Okay. So I just do a bit of bargaining, a bit of buying over... Yeah. yeah, so after that, um, I bought over and... 
So you got you got you make six k in one month mm. using uh a six k by cleaning and and treating the bank. Or oh, you're in business. And then after that, my boyfriend say, "Why not continue?" So I keep doing that, lor. Keep doing that. Then I keep generating leads and leads and leads. Right, and it's ex- usually it's exponential because then you have yeah. more money that you can invest yeah. in. A lot of bags. Then after that, um, I didn't need to buy any bags also because I can just keep using right. and selling, using and selling. So that kept me kept me surviving for one year plus. And then I keep earning money from that. There are bags that I make loss. There are bags that I make profits. So the profits for one bag. But usually it's profits. Yeah, usually it's profits. Okay. Why do you make loss? How, how, what like happened? maybe the bags um got damaged when you yeah got damaged sometimes when accidentally by accident like dropped on the floor got dirty and cannot clean away the stains mm. and there are a bit there are a few bags that I did trial and error so like I was very risky like, I took a very expensive bag and go and redye it just for a trial trial purposes and it didn't turn out well okay yeah so I made a loss by selling the bag lah. After that, I learned how to make it properly. Right? Need to try on some bags. Mm. What, what, what was this redying thing you're talking about? Oh, because some bags, right, like Chanel, all these, those are very expensive bags. They have many colours. Like red, white, yellow, blue. So some bags, like white, very easy dirty. So after they use for a while, it gets dirty. So the, the people would like to redye it to black. They dye mm. it to black, dye how it to brown. You, how do you dye it to brown? There's, there's a special chemical to dye those. Um, so you take out the, the logo... No, don't take out the logo. Oh, you don't even take out the logo. Take out logo. Just put the whole bag in. No, 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 no. It's very, it's very, um, it's very mafan one. Oh. That's why it's very expensive. To redye one bag, it costs about four to six hundred dollars. Or more. Okay, if, okay, if you can break down the process in like two minutes, how will you tell it to me? You just have to make sure the logo is covered first. Okay. All the logos. And then the special areas, you must use hand and brushes to paint it. Okay. Instead of, um, you don't just put the whole bag inside. Yes. And then, there are many corners that you can't touch the paint. Like, they want to keep inside black colour and outside black colour. So, they must be very careful, though, with all the corners and everything. So, it's not it's not like a, a like a shirt dye where no, you... No, 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 no. <laughs> it's totally different. And it, it need time for the dye to seep into the, 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 the skin. And after dyeing it, the, the skin, the leather will be very dry. So, you need to moisturise and maintain it. So, the process takes about two weeks to three weeks oh. for just one bag. So, that's why it's expensive. Right. The smaller it is, the smaller bags cost about 400 plus already just to redye. Bigger bags go up to 1k. So, and then washing also, we wash the bags. Mm. Wash and maintain. Every bags need to wash and maintain because leather cracks very easily, mm-hmm. especially in our weather in Singapore. So, if you don't maintain it properly, especially calf leather, it cracks. So, I mean, on the average, uh, what is the money amount you're earning per month with this? 10k plus. 10k plus a month? Yeah. Wow, I mean, you, you're good. I mean, you're good. So, you, you're earning more than a prudential uh, yeah, insurance so agent already. So, I continue prudential agent and, and yeah. Then after, oh, why go back? Because, you know, you're already earning more yeah, with then, this business. Really yeah, well. then after that, uh, I started the Happy World as well. Yeah, so like, why why did you start the Happy Rolls in the first place? Because right now you're actually earning like Happy Rolls is actually a more of a chance and luck thing. Like at the point of time, uh, I know there was this Geylang Sarai Bazaar coming up, mm-hmm. and then I was actually very bored. I'm I'm a person who gets bored of doing the same thing all over and all over again. So, uh, at the point of time, the bazaar was coming up, and then I had this interest in the Rollies ice cream. Also, I saw it at Thailand. I was thinking, why no one do it in Singapore? Then I was thinking, should I open a shop or should I what, what, what? Because I had the capital already. Yeah, with your back business. So after right? that, I have friends and connections in the Pasamalan business. Okay. So I just tell them, eh, hey, I want to do it. Eh. Right. Just suddenly one day, I was at Amokyo Hub. And then I tell them, eh, hey, I want to do it, eh. I want to take a slot. I want to sell the ice cream. And then they were like, sure, no, no one sells this ice cream before in the, in the, in the market, you know. Later you feel how the, the rented, rental is very expensive. Is I, it? At the Geylang Sarai? Yeah, one month is, one, is about 10,000. Oh, wow. Excluding as, uh, electricity and uh, the water basin. Oh, wow. So, at, including is about 1.2. 8, 10, 10, 12K. So, 12K in total. So, right. b- before anything, before you have the machine and, and, and all, you already sunk, the sunk cost, 12,000. Yes. I paid the deposit. It's only a deposit. So, I paid 5K a deposit. Right. And then, everyone was shouting and scolding, screaming at me, including my parents. Nothing, nothing yet. There's nothing at all. Like I don't have any machines. I don't have anything. I don't even have the knowledge of how to do FMB business. Okay. Zero. Z- zing. Okay, we're good. I'm gonna take a break now. I'm gonna go. Where are we? Twelve K. 
5k into the business. Um, yeah, before that. Oh, before that. At the happy uh, bag, right? Uh, oh, okay. You know the website, the Instagram page you see? Mm-hmm. I didn't update it anymore, that one. Uh, I used that to help people to post and sell their stuff also. So each post, I actually earn $50 also. Ah, okay. So like reposting. Yeah. So they, they actually send me their uh, product photos haul. Then I post it onto my uh, Instagram. Then they help them to sell. Oh, that's great. So they, uh, in a way, that's why I also earn a bit of money also. Mm. Mm, but I didn't actively do it now already because I've been so busy with Happy Rollies. Yeah. So Happy Rollies, um, you put 5k in. You have no, this no, idea. Not you have 5k. Uh, for deposit. Just for the deposit. Right, 5k in for the deposit, right? You have this idea. The day itself. How, 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 how much time do you have? Uh, One month. One month. Yes, this is what everyone shouted at me. All right, tell me, tell me what, what is the ex- what, 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 what do you do in that month to, to, to get that going? It was, it was quite heavy in that month, like, how to say, I had all these ideas in my mind that I know how, I know, I just want to go with my own, I, I had a lot of ideas in my mind, but then I didn't know how to implement it. I know that it's possible, everything is possible within a month. But everyone else is telling me otherwise, telling me that I could not can find sauce tea. Then I just like uh the first month don't I no no experience and everything. So I went to create my own logo, the the happy release logo, and then um went to source for machines and buy an import and then I bought wrong machines. The money lost there, then I went to buy another machines. Where do you where do you go find the machines? Thailand, Taiwan, China. So you fly all the way to Thailand? I fly all the way to China first. Oh, to China first? Different area lah. Okay. Mm, but so, do you have a... Do you, so you knew that was a... My mom flew to China for me. Okay. So I went with her, so... Like, she, she did some research? Uh, yeah, she did. She helped me a lot. Me, her, she and my dad. Okay. Although they shot at me, right, the next day, they actually helped me do... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then after that, uh... Um, so what happened in China? Did you find it? I found, I found, I found. Okay, what machine, what was the first machine that you bought? It was a smaller one, and then, no, I, I want, I, before I bought, fly to China, I bought one from Singapore. Uh, another, someone selling the machine, and then it wasn't what I wanted. So I made a loss there, and I returned the machine to them. Okay. Then after I went to source for what other machines. machine are you looking for? A, co- a compressor, a condenser? Uh, uh, I don't know how to say it though, at a point of time. It's like a, um, they call it the ice cream rolling machine, lah. Oh, the whole thing? They sell you the whole thing? Yeah, the whole thing. Oh, so you didn't even like get like different yeah. parts? The whole thing, yeah. So I have to source for supplier over there. La. Right. Why Why did that? What's wrong with the first one? Uh, It wasn't a rolling machine. It was an ice cream maker machine, but it was not a rolling machine. For the ice cream to be rolled right, the temperature must be right. The mm. one that they sell me is too cold. Oh, that one is the the one that is already ice cream? No, that one is... It looks like a pen or so. Yeah. But then that one is to do... um. How to say, it's not for rolling. Okay. It's just to harden, just to mix, the... just to mix only, yeah. Okay. So that one cannot roll one. Cannot roll. Correct. Wrong, wrong investment. Wrong. How much do you lose there? I think 800 on the machine. Okay, the, okay, the machine is not that. Okay. Mm. But you lose a total 800 or the machine is 800? The machine itself, I lost 800 because I returned to them. Okay. okay. So I, I, cannot, I cannot request for the full amount to be paid back, right? Yeah. yeah. So that, okay, I but that's second hand. Second hand, correct. Okay. So after that, uh, I sourced for other machines that imported back into Singapore three to four days before my bazaar starts. So you went to China, you have a better idea of what you wanted yeah. because now you have a first right. mistake that you make. Right. So after that, when I got the machine, it was only three to four days. So how, 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 how did this thing happen in China? You, you were speaking Chinese with the guy and then... My mom is from China. Oh, okay. So she has a lot of connections there. She's yeah. doing her own business So basically, these people in China have already made this machine already. Uh, or they are like making it by from scratch. One, then they do it all. Oh. So I go to those su- supplier that they do ice cream and they know what I want. They know agaga what I want also. Yeah. I show them the photos, pictures, and I went to do a bit of research at other countries also. Yeah. So uh, they know what to do also. That they imported the ma- after that I imported the machine it took a while over there. Yeah. So man. it was only three to four days before the bazaar. So I went to buy all the cups, stickers, blah 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 blah. Make a lot of mistakes here and there. The biggest thing is the machine, though. Correct. So, I managed to start uh, two days before I had to set up the booth and everything. So, there are a lot of people who helped me so, to set up the, the booth and everything. And then, uh, I managed to ingye on the first day. Nice. And then, there are many mistakes made here and there. Are a lot of mistakes like print one, printed the wrong stickers, bought the wrong size of cups, uh, made mistakes in my menu, yeah. uh, wrong prices. 
wrong ingredients, blah, blah. How much how much do you charge back then when you when you first want? Small cup, those very small ones is actually three fifty. Okay. And then the bigger one is five dollar. So the it's, bigger one have like the same one as standard one right now. So it's the six. Is it six? It's not so six, you know. The oh, six like is two. just for banks only. Uh the big ones is uh six to eight rows. Okay. Depending on the rollers. By the time I bought in a small machine only. Right, right now, the ones that you see at the bank that we are doing now is the bigger one. Oh, mm. okay. I have about 20 machines in my office. Yeah, 20 machines. Yes, and some are spoiled ones from the... It's the Pioneer batch. So... And they are small, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. correct. So, uh, when I started, right, it was it was crazy because before even I uh, opened a shop, people yeah. are already queuing outside. And how did you know that how did you figure out like you want to do it at 350 or 5 or 6? Just an instinct, you know. Okay. I told you that I have a lot of ideas in my brain. I'm yeah. thinking, I've already been thinking about this and that. Everything I've been thinking already. Did you did you plan how many you want to sell in a day at the bazaar? I didn't. I never so there was even, no P&L shit that was being nothing, done? Nothing, nothing. Okay. I had no experience. I wasn't a business student as well. Right. So nothing at all. So I had I know nothing about business when mm. I started it. And then it was just in my mind. Then I use my calculator. Okay, one buy five dollars. One day if I buy two dollars, it's one thousand. That's how I calculated. Right. Then one thousand minus minus twelve thousand. Um. The cost of everything. So right. everything. Um. I started this with twenty five thousand dollars, including the rental. Uh, a lot of. As in the the capital I had to fork out like, over there. Okay. Mm. So. But it's not something that you 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 have that amount of money then because of your prior prior basis. Yeah. And then during the month, have you closed down Happy Bag already because you uh, were so month, busy? That month only I didn't focus on Happy Bag at okay. all. Yeah. So that two months, that means the one month before that I was preparing for Happy Release. Yeah. And then that month itself when I was selling it, these two months I didn't do any business yeah. for Happy Bag. So literally I had no income back then. Mm-hmm. That two months, then uh. How did the bazaar went? I was damn good. As in, it was damn good as in... So you, day, you hit Zhang Pai Pei? Not just Zhang Pai Pei. Uh, uh, a bit more. More than that. Okay, mm. okay. So at that, at that month, uh, that's where Happy really started. Lor. And then, the queue was crazy. People willing to wait for two hours. You know? The queue went like that one. Eh. Whoa. Like that one. Like in circles. And then it queued to other people's store. Oh my then God. I got complaint from other people. Right. And then... Yeah, it was very havoc at the time. And I didn't didn't know how to manage the queue, so... Mm. And the production rate was very slow for the ice cream back then. Because... Now it's, it's faster? Now it's way faster. Is it? Yes. It's still quite long, right? Yes, we have to do it slowly in the bank. Right. We can do them fast on, like... Um, the the rates, the, the, the way you see we do it at banks, right? Yeah. It's very slow. Oh, that is very slow. Because it's requested by the bank company. How fast? How fast? For me, I can generate uh, those big cups, right? Yeah. I can generate three at one go within three minutes. Three at one go? Mm, within three minutes. Three, what, what is three at one go? How much is three at one go? So six rows yeah. uh, times three. So it's 18 rows. Mm. And in, in, in one square plate. Yes. <gasps> I can do that. A lot of my rollers, the Pioneer Batch, all can do that. So. Right. Yes, but for the banks, we have to do it slowly. So sometimes you will see my rollers, they will use their phone. Yeah. Then slowly do the milk. Slowly put the rows, the kind of thing. It's because we are requested to do slowly to form queues. Gotcha, gotcha, mm. gotcha. So if not, right, we actually can serve very fast. So like last year's my Gilang Sarai, mm. although we sell the watermelon also, we sell the rollies also. Mm. It was so much faster and the sales was so much better. Well, firstly, you got a bigger machine. Uh, the first year's Gilang Sarai, I had three machines. Oh, so like side by side. Mm. But then last year, I only put in two. But then the sales for the two machines is better than the three machines. Right. So... After that... So um, wait, the three machines is the smaller one though. Smaller ones. But this one too is the bigger one. Bigger ones. Okay, because you're better at... But it's the same thing lah. As in, it's still the same rollies and still the same way of doing it. Or yeah. Just that back then, we are amateurs. We don't know how to... Like, it's not... We're not very good at rolling it fast. We don't know how to yeah. do it. So my staff also don't know. I also don't know. <laughs> the kind of thing, you know. Yeah. And then, right now, very fast lah. Yeah. Mm. Right, so, so you did break even and you did make a profit yeah and and then how was the scaling up process okay then we went for the second uh, went back the same same place the, the first Gilang Sarai right a lot of publicity was done for us like from media I went on Channel News Asia Channel 8 Channel U Channel 5 newspapers Straits Times newspapers uh, food blogs like Lady Iron Chef yeah. Louis, all this we went on for free you know they just came and interview us and mm. in that one that one month itself mm-hmm. and then um, the next month I started to do at other bazaars 
and then the queue mm. you can, you can, there, there's people there's a demand mm. so um, next two months I was doing it at Semangu next those type of normal bazaars yeah. and their, their response is very good so until when people started to copy mm. they are those type of copycats they bring to buy their own machines also, and it came out with a different brand mine is happy release someone did um, what CTE release mm. someone did frost release so they did a lot of different different type of brand mm. branding how do, you, how do you deal with that? Uh, I just continue uh, until, it, until the trend died down. Right. Mm. So after the trend died down, so I realized what happened is whenever I come up with new flavors, they also copy. Yeah. So they keep doing the same thing. Then I know one thing, copycats will never ever uh, continue. As in, they, they will never ever um, break through because they keep copying. Mm. So I know that I'm the original one. Then after that, um, just keep I just continue to do bazaars first and then at the same time do pop-ups and events so at the point of time we have already been doing events for other people so yeah yeah. so after that continue continue it lasted for one year plus then in the middle we have we, we have been doing banks events also okay yeah then after that for the it came until last year's Gilang Sarai when I came up with the watermelon s'mores bites and everything a lot more different foods and then also, same thing. We got onto channel eight, channel channel five, on the on the radio stations, um, newspapers, all this again for the watermelon, and then it became our name became a bit more popular because the watermelon the queue was crazy. Right. It actually queued until ten stores. Oh my god. The queue ten stores, which is like, um, you know, my store is I have uh this last year's Gilangsa right. I took four stores. I took the risk. Because the first time I took, I took only one store. Yeah, next to each other? No, at different places. Okay. So I took four stores. So watermelon is the same thing. Uh, each store is the same thing. Watermelon, ice cream rolls, uh, smalls, and uh, I, I, I bought in grilled bites also. Just our bites only. Chicken bites, beef okay. bites. So both sides selling the same thing. So the watermelon queue for both sides is crazy. Mm. And then the ice cream roll, there was also a queue also. So, um... In a way, ice cream roll trend didn't die down. There are many people who haven't tried it yet. Mm. Then after that, uh, right now, we are, after the Gilang Sarai, I just continue doing events first. Lah, until I'm waiting for the next Gilang Sarai to push in new products. Mm. Excited? Yeah, but it's going to be a tough road there again. <laughs> it's always the period before Gilang Sarai. Because um, I think the first year when ice cream roll came to Gilang Sarai, we somehow made it into a food trend over there. Like, it's a must to go for every year for Gilang Sarai. That's why it, be, it became a popular um, popular thing on food blocks and everything. They will come especially for Gilang Sarai to see new food trends mm. only at Gilang Sarai. Yeah. And not other bazaars. Mm. Gotcha. And how long did that happen before the BMW came about? Like, you know, tying back to the, the loop. July, October, I sold it away. October... Two months before October, August I bought. Wait, so after after Gelang, after two months after Gelang, the first Gelang Sarai. Second. Oh, the second Gelang, right? You bought a BMW. Yeah. And now, and now, and now, what's what's exciting? What's uh, any? Before my BMW, I actually have a Volkswagen and a Peugeot. Mm-hmm. Drove that car. It was very good. I love Condi cars because they always show you what's wrong with your car, the system, and everything. Then a lot of that I bought the BMW after that. Mm. After oh, I sold it away. <laughs> Then up till now, I've been running events, pop-ups. Very exciting. I'm going to give you a quick round of questions uh, uh, to answer. It's quick, but you don't need to answer quick. Um, what is the books or books you have given the most as gift? Mm, I've never given books. Mm-hmm. I've always given handmade. I always give handmade stuff instead. Mm. What is your favorite uh, documentary or movie? Movie. <laughs> Titanic. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one more is what I cannot remember the title. Okay, just stick to Titanic. Okay. Mm. What is the worst advice you have seen or hear being dispensed in your world? Mm. Advice, huh? you cannot do it. It's too. It's too. Uh, actually, that is a very difficult question. Worst advice. I think every advice is good. Okay. <laughs> um. Any advice for your what, 18-year-old self? 18-year-old self. And place us where I'm at? Mm, choose wisely. 
What, what, where were you then? Choose everything wisely. Choose your choices wisely, your life wisely. Yeah. Mm. When you think of the word successful, who came into your mind and why? Successful? Who came to my mind? All my family. Family members. People close to me. And why? Mm, without them, there won't be success as well. Without them, I won't be considered successful because I'll have nothing, even though I have everything. Yeah. What are the most common misconception about you or your work? Uh, me, yeah. Resting beach face, I think. And because I'm a female, for my work, at my age, is very. I'm very young and I'm a female. So people tend to think that I am not that capable or I'm not... Um, it's like feminism, right? Like, just because I'm young, or people don't take my words seriously. Mm. Uh, are there any uh, requests for the audience? Are there any asks or requests you want to tell the audience? Come try your rollies or anything you want them to do or think about? Oh, think about. Okay, for younger people, I think... Doesn't mean you study business, you must do business. Doesn't mean you study nursing, you must do nursing. I actually encouraged a lot of my best friends to go out of their comfort zones. I one friend, one of my best friends, she actually studied nursing. And then she wanted to further further study. And then I actually encouraged her to study business. Because that's what she wanted to do. In the end, she failed and dropped out. But then I told her, at least you tried to do something that you never thought you can. And doesn't mean you study nursing, you must do nursing. And right now, she's doing sales. Also part of nursing, but it's also a sales, sales line. Mm. So it's different from what she's studying also. Mm. Mm. That's the only thing I can say for people, younger people. Because all of us have this thinking that uh, I study account, accounting, I must, do, I must be an accountant next time. The kind of thing, which is not true. Lah. Don't stick into your own comfort zone. Mm. Uh, are there any uh, projects or, or events people can be expecting soon? Mm. We'll be coming up with a lot of new, different uh, food that you've never seen before. Okay. Mm. You, you, might be, you might see before, but definitely not in Singapore. Mm. Where can people find... Uh... Next, Gilang Bazaar. Okay, there we go. Done. Mommy, it's over! <laughs> Alright, so as usual, all show notes, links, books can be found on our website, brianvictor.com, Brian with a Y. And uh, if you have any misfits you'd like to hear from, you know, feel free to drop me an email. I would say the the main thing is that, you know, you want them to do something really cool and really interesting and make you want to know more about that. So along with sending me the name, uh, send me what you want to know about them. Yes, so thank you again for uh, taking a time out to listen to this episode. I really appreciate it. Have a fantastic week ahead. This podcast is brought to you by Autism. If you don't know already, research is concluding that sitting all day is terrible for you. There's this new health phrase going on. It's called sitting is the new smoking. So if you're like me, I went to Ikea and tried one of those self-cranking desks and uh, I can just foresee that it's such a pain. So with Autism, it has actually a motorized system in it that you put on your tabletop and transform your table into a standing desk. So, and what's cool is that it's also intelligent. It tracks and actually coaches you to develop these new habits with a sensor and the smartphone apps. Model starts at 1350 So check it out at altizen.com to see which might be the right fit for you. And if you decide to get one, you can code MISFITS to get a $400 off Altizen immediately. Uh, offer is limited to the first 10 customers. So just shoot them an email and code MISFITS. 